Good morning. It is KG from VHMG, and I'm back for the first time this week on a lovely Wednesday. <laughs> and I apologize for my absence. I know I'll let you guys know already that I stay grinding. I'm always working. And then I'm, you know, not only, in, you know, at a workplace, but I'm also in the gym. I play on like two basketball teams right now. So my schedule is full. And then I'm also, you know, coming up with the visuals for my boy Blake B in Dallas, Texas. So my schedule is really full and I'm actually loving it. You know what I'm saying? I'm not complaining at all. It's the stuff I actually enjoy doing, including doing these podcasts for you guys. And speaking of... We have NBA games that we had last night, about a nine, a good nine total. And um, my opinion on these scores and these results is kind of surprising. We had a lot of teams that I expected to really, like, close out. But you had multiple teams that really fell short that shouldn't have. Like I say, every dog has its day. And um, the first game I'm going to talk about, is the Oklahoma City Thunder who went against the Washington Wizards last night. And guess who won? The Wizards won 102 to 96. And OKC was one of the ones I expected to win. Um, not even like doubting the Washington Wizards, but I really expected them to win. They had an eight game winning streak. And that was snapped last night, even without John Wall being in the game. They managed to slow down Russell Westbrook, and they held him to just 13 points. So they did a real hell of a job. See, they they have the um with the absence of John Wall. I mean, I feel like they they know that they are heading to a stretch without their All Star player. So they have to step up, and no better time than to step up now. And they stepped up in a huge way. I know that West Westbrook was um, frustrated. Less than a week ago, he had just scored a season high of 46 points in a victory over Washington. That's basically, you, they obviously studied this man to cut from a 46 point season high of 46 points from the same team. And that same team come back and they held you to 13 points. They studied you. So very good job executing and making that happen. Um, Scott Brooks, the Wizards coach, he um I mean he used to coach Westbrook with OKC. So that was that's the, a good advantage right there, you know what I'm saying? Wizards, they got 25 points from Otto Porter Jr. Bradley Beal, he had 21 points and 9 assists for Washington. Westbrook um he only hit 5 of 18 attempts and he only had 10 assists, 6 rebounds and 7 turnovers. Um he was also whistled for a tech in the second quarter and a flagrant foul in the third. That's when he went for a block and instead sent an arm to the chin of Marcin Gortat. And that's a bit of a frustrated Westbrook right there. Uh, Paul George had 20 points at halftime and finished with 28 for OKC, um, taking zero shots in the fourth quarter. Um, Carmelo Anthony, he scored 19, but he missed three shots in the final 30 seconds. Now, regarding the Washington Wizards and John Wall, um, before tip-off happened, um, they announced that Wall will have arthroscopic surgery on his left knee today. Ball with the best on Hey, y'all heard Blake B. Blake B. say he ball with the best on Put him on y'all team, y'all gonna win. 
<laughs> all jokes aside. But next up, we have the results um, from the Knicks in the next game. The Knicks, they came out on top, 111 to 95, beating the Brooklyn Nets. Um, the Knicks, they returned home from their longest road trip of the season in new uniforms, but their same old dominance of the Nets with their fourth victory and four tries this season. Completely dominated the interior once again, and they swept the series for the first time since 2010 and 2011, before the rivals shared the same city. Now, for the Knicks, we had Kristaps Porzingis, who scored 28 points. Enos Cantor followed with 20 points, 20 rebounds, and 5 assists. And then you have Tim Hardaway Jr., who also added 15 points for the Knicks. And Michael Beasley, who finished with 12 points and 13 rebounds. So they were on point. Everyone was on one accord, and that's how you play the game, man. For the Nets, Damari Carroll, he scored 13 points for the Nets, who lost their fourth straight game. Um, they played their second in a row without starting for Rondé Hollis-Jefferson um, due to a strained right groin. And reserve guard, Karis LeVert with a sore left groin. Next, they end up falling behind um, by 18 in the second quarter, but cut it to 10 midway through the period before the Knicks opened it right back up again, building a 61-41 advantage at halftime. Um, the Knicks, they opened a 25-point lead that the Knicks trimmed it to a 10 again, but Porzingis nailed a three-pointer with seven and a half minutes remaining to halt their push. Um, the Nets, they were determined today whether the guard D'Angelo Russell, recently back from knee surgery, um, is able to play on the second night of a back-to-back. -back. If not, and if Levert remains out, also, he said that Nick Stauskas and Isaiah Whitehead could be ball-handling options. The Knicks, they debuted their City Edition uniforms, which paid homage to New York's firefighters and were designed in part by the Uniform Firefighters Association. Um, they're a darker blue than the Knicks usual uniforms, um, a nod to the firefighters dress uniforms, and guard Ron Baker left in the first quarter with a right shoulder injury. He appeared to be kicked by Carroll as the Nets for jumps to take a shot. Um, X-rays were negative, but Baker will not travel to Boston today. Uh, no Joakim Noah for the Knicks. Um, he remained out and he will not play on today. The backup center left the team near the end of the trip after getting frustrated with Hornacek. And that's the coach, by the way. But that's it for this segment. I will continue on to the next segment. And hopefully you guys are following me so I can provide you with more information on these games from last night. And then some. Alright, and I'm back to continue the results to provide you with these scores from last night um, in the NBA. And next up, we have the Minnesota Timberwolves, who were defeated by the Toronto Raptors, 109 to 104. The Raptors, they had a sloppy first half, but they ended up being able to extend their streak of home dominance over the Wolves, the Timberwolves. Um, DeMar DeRozan, he scored 23 points. Jonas Villasunas had 18 points and 11 rebounds. And the Raptors, they just... They ended up rallying from a 13-point deficit to defeat the Timberwolves. Um, also contributing for the Raptors, you had Kyle Lowry and Serge Ibaka, who each scored 15 points. And Jacob Porto had six of his 12 points in the fourth quarter as the Raptors won their 14th straight home meeting with Minnesota. 
and in doing so they built on the longest home winning streak against a single opponent in team history so recently i'm just loving how history is being made like new records are being set and i love it i absolutely love it they outscored minnesota 58 to 47 in the second half holding the timberwolves to 18 for 44 shooting after minnesota shot 24 for 41 in the first and second quarters the Rosen, he scored 19 points after halftime, including eight in the final quarter. Talk about the Minnesota Timberwolves, Taj Gibson, he scored 12 points, and Carl Anthony Towns had 11 points and 10 rebounds for Minnesota. Jimmy Butler, he scored 25. Andrew Wiggins had 15, and Jeff Teague and Gargio Dieng each finished with 14, but the Timberwolves lost for the fourth time in five games. Now, even with them losing, um, Jimmy Butler, he had scored 20 or more in six straight games. So, you know, he's contributing. It's got to be, you know, a whole team effort um, really to close things out like that. And you have key players. So they're able to do this. They just have to find find out what's going on. Like, you know, just like the Cavs and all that stuff. They got to find out what they have to do to clean up the mess and to hop back and get back in the game. Besides that, you had Carl Anthony Towns for the Timberwolves who recorded his NBA leading 45th double-double. That's impressive. Um, Toronto Raptors for C.J. Miles with a um, right knee injury. He was not available. Toronto has 18 assists on 19 first-half buckets. And Kyle Lowry led the Raptors with 9 assists. Now, the next teams, next two teams we're going to talk about, the Cleveland Cavaliers and the Detroit Pistons who went against each other. I'm highly disappointed still at the Cavs. I mean, not too much surprise being that they, you know, the stint they've been in, um, recently and um but they ended up losing again 125 to 114 um by the detroit pistons i mean dang i i, uh, I just don't know what to say about the Cavs anymore you know what i'm saying that was my team simply because you know lebron was on there but lebron he's doing his thing and everything but they just need a motherfucking uh, coach, a new coach. <laughs> but that's just me. That's my opinion, though. You know, there could be other reasons why they're in a bit of a stint right now. It's even more disappointing being that Detroit was short-handed and they was handed that loss. They've already been going through a rough stretch, and it just got worse um, last night because Kevin Love he exited with a broken left hand in the loss they got from the Pistons. Um, the team said he had a non-displaced fracture in his fifth metacarpal, and his status will be updated after additional examination today in Cleveland. The Cavaliers, they have lost 11 of 16, and the injury will likely affect the defending Eastern Conference champions' plans as the February 8th trading deadline approaches. And they're talking about um, whether or not they have to make a significant move to replace Kevin Love. Now, for the winning team, Detroit Pistons, you had Andre Drummond, who had 21 points and 22 rebounds for the Pistons, who snapped an eight-game losing streak despite a lineup that was depleted by their blockbuster trade for Blake Griffin. Now, the Detroit Pistons, they dealt um, three players to the Los Angeles Clippers to get Griffin. And neither he nor the other two players the Pistons received in return were available against Cleveland. 
Um, but, you know, Drummond, whose own status was in question because of an, an illness he had, he had a terrific game last night. And Stanley Johnson added a career high of 26 points. Reggie Bullock added 22 points for the Pistons. And Anthony Tolliver, he scored 20. LeBron James for the Cavs, he scored 21 points. Uh, but Cleveland was listless early and outplayed late. Kevin Love, he only played 4 minutes and 41 seconds and he went scoreless. Now about Griffin and those two players, the Pistons had to give up Tobias Harris and Avery Bradley, two starters, to acquire Griffin. So players like Johnson, Bullock, and Luke Kennard will have a chance to play much bigger roles than they um, were before. Now Bullock scored 16 points in the first half last night and Johnson was impressive all throughout. He was pushing the ball up the court and he was attacking the rim like he's supposed to. So the opportunities were given to him and they really executed at the best time. So congratulations to those guys on a um, good performance last night. Um, Dwayne Wade for the Cavs scored 18 points after missing two games because of the death of his longtime agent Henry Thomas. Um, Wade um, with 21,800 points moved past Larry Bird who had 21,791 points for 32nd place on the NBA's career scoring list. And I apologize for any noise in the background. Um, yeah, the weed whackers and stuff like that. You know, the essays outside getting to work like they do. I commend them for that, I promise you. But dang, every time I put it on, all you hear is brrrr. But as soon as I cut it off, y'all, they stop. That's what's like, it's like, come on, is this a movie? Am I being punked? <laughs> now, congratulations to Andre Drummond. He was added to the NBA All-Star Game on last night. Um, replacing injured Washington guard John Wall. After he was already left out of the All-Star game, Drummond apparently felt snubbed posting last week to his Twitter account. Guess he has to start doing backflips for um, every point he scored just so he can get the attention that he deserves. But everything happens for a reason and he this happened for him to get his spot. That's sad to say, but yeah, that's what happened. And he got his spot where he was supposed to get. Now, what I want him to do is show out. Being that they did not even bother even look over his way, being that he was well deserving of the All Star position. So I'm just really wondering how that's going to be. Hopefully, you know, all that is set aside and, you know, he will just execute. They will play some good basketball, which is how it should be. <laughs> how it should be. But it's a lot of drama, you know what I'm saying? Lately, lately with the NBA, with the M the locker room fights and you know all this stuff is just crazy. It's insane. It's a lot of tension. But the Pistons, they are very, they are hopeful for um, Griffin and Drummond, and they they're hoping that they will develop a good chemistry um, between each other, um, just the way, the same way they had, you know, Griffin had with DeAndre Jordan. They were they were a good duo for the Clippers um, in the inside. Um, closing this one out, uh, you have Isaiah Thomas who scored 19 points and Kyle Corfer who added 10. Um, Detroit had 44 points in the paint in the first half and 68 for the game. All right, you guys, keep on following me. Keep on listening. I am continuing these scores and results. And feel free to even throw in any suggestions that you want to throw in, you know what I'm saying, any comments. I'm always open to those. All right.
Yes, I am back to continue the scores um, from last night's game, Tuesday night. Next up, we have Orlando Magic and the Houston Rockets. They went against each other, and the Houston Rockets, they won that one, um, 114-107. to James Harden, he realized he had to do a little bit more because they were missing key players. And he ended up doing way more than he, I'm pretty sure, than he expected. Harden, he became the first player in NBA history to score 60 points as part of a triple-double in the shorthanded Rockets. They ended up beating Magic last night. I mean, hold on. I mean, I wonder how that feels to become the first. It's been, it's been a lot of records broken, you know what I'm saying? And, you know, you have the top five and this and this. He is the first to ever do that. That's something that you can tell your grandkids. You know what I'm saying? That That's something. He, he made something, another, he set another bar for some, you know, someone else to try to reach. James Harden, he scored 18 points in the fourth quarter to eclipse the 57 points Calvin Murphy scored in 1978 to break Houston's single-game scoring record. After Harden broke the record, cameras in the arena showed a shot of Murphy, who works on the television broadcast team, smiling and clapping for the beard, <laughs> who also had team rebounds and 11 assists. He set the scoring mark when he stepped back and he made a three-pointer before crashing to the court after being fouled by Mario Hinzonia. He then made the free throw to give him 60 points and bring in the crowd to his feet. That's just simply amazing. I, 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 I'm almost positive the energy in that arena was like so immense. Like, it's crazy. And then Harden, who also had four steals and a block, he grabbed his 10th rebound a few seconds later to give him his third triple-double this season. He made 17 of 18 free throws and was 19 of 30 from the floor with five three-pointers. He said he didn't even realize he was the first player with 60 points in triple-double. And when you in it, it's easy to forget that stuff. You know what I'm saying? Me personally, when I'm playing and I'm in the game and I know I'm hot, man, I ain't even keeping track of anything. Somebody got to tell me. You know what I'm saying? Now, the players they were missing, um, they were without Chris Paul, who has a sore groin, and Trevor Ariza, who is dealing with a strained hamstring. And they also lost another player when Eric Gordon, who is second on the team in scoring with 19.5 points a game, he left early in the second quarter with lower back stiffness. That, that's three key players for sure. That's three key players. And he really had to step up, and he stepped up in a major way. And he played for 46 minutes and 26 seconds, which was a career high for a regulation game with Houston missing so many players. Man, that's like, that's hella conditioning and like strength and conditioning right there. Like, for him to have that much endurance and to withstand that, he didn't, you, know, you know people were shocked to, know, to see that he was not even exhausted. He wasn't even like worn out after playing so much. <laughs> it's crazy. But that man deserved it. You can tell. You can tell he put in the work for this man. It was his fourth 50-point game this season. And last night's performance best, like, his previous career high 56 points set in November against Utah. Now, um, one of the key players from Orlando Magic, um, Aaron Gordon, he missed the game with an injury to his left hip that he suffered on Saturday night. He will likely sit out tonight as well. Um, Simmons and Mack. Added 15 points each. All right, and next up, 
we have the um, Sacramento Kings who went against New Orleans Pelicans, and they won. The Sacramento Kings, um, that is one fourteen to one o three. The Sacramento Kings, they they going home happy after they um close out a six game road trip. They won three of their last four games. The the veteran Randolph. Zach Randolph, that is. He scored 26 points and grabbed 12 rebounds in the win last night. Um, teammates um, Willie Carly-Stain and Skyle LeBizier, um, they have been really contributing because uh, they had a lot of injuries that have been going on within their team as well. And they've been executing and taking those players' spots. And they're doing that well. As well as guard Frank Mason. Costa Kufos had 17 points and a career-high 17 rebounds for the Kings, who were able to exploit DeMarcus Cousins' absence by getting double-doubles from both of their starting big men. And the Pelicans, they just continued to just struggle and having a hard time, um, having gone winless since losing their all-star center, DeMarcus Cousins, to a season-ending injury. Anthony Davis he had 23 points and 13 rebounds for the Pelicans while Drew Holiday scored 21. And Ian Clark had a season-high 20, hitting 9 of 10 shots. But they lost both of his games without Cousins, who went out for the season with a ruptured left Achilles at the end of a victory over Houston last Friday night. De'Aaron Fox and reserve guard Garrett Temple, a former LSU player, each scored 15 points for the Kings who took the lead for good in the first minute of the second half. Also had the um, Sacramento Reserve, George Hill, who contributed with 14 points. All right, you guys, stick with me with these scores. I have only a few more results to give you guys. All right, please continue with me. Keep listening. Do not leave me. All right, KG from VHNG, back to continue the scores for you peeps. Next up, we have the Denver Nuggets going against the San Antonio Spurs. San Antonio Spurs won by two, 106 to 104. Seems like San Antonio in a bit of a um, struggle at this point right now. They've actually been um, struggling offensively. So they have a really young team, the Denver Nuggets. So it kind of challenged the um, San Antonio Spurs um, to really move at a faster pace. But LaMarcus Aldridge, he scored 30 points, um, escaping <laughs> the um, the upset um, over Denver last night. San Antonio, they also matched the season high with 33 assists while shooting 50% from the field. They scored 60 points in the first half against the Nuggets after averaging just 40 against Philadelphia and Sacramento, including a season-low 31 against the 76ers on Friday. On San Antonio, they had four players in double figures, um, including 18 points each from Kyle Anderson and Paul Gasol. Um, Kyle Anderson, he set a career scoring high while shooting 9 for 12 from the field. I mean, and obviously, the Nuggets, they were able to match the Spurs' production despite playing the second night of a back-to-back -back after losing at home to Boston 111-110. to uh, Every Denver starter scored in double figures with Jamal Murray, leading the way with 18 points, and Gary Harris adding 17. The Spurs had to battle to win its 11 straight home game over Denver. There were like 18 lead changes, and the Nuggets came within inches of a game-winning 19th. 
So it was kind of unpredictable throughout the whole game. I mean, I like games like that. That's kind of game. That's kind of games that really get me out of my seat. But some parts of me dislike that, depending on the team I'm going for. <laughs> um, Mason Plumley did not play after straining his right calf against Boston on Monday night. Plumley remained in Denver for an MRI while the team flew to San Antonio. Malone said that Plumley is going to be out for a minute. So, uh, I guess they have to step it up in his place. Wilson Chandler, he was available to play but did not enter the game after being listed as probable with an illness. Now, for the San Antonio Spurs, LaMarcus Aldridge, he has scored 20-plus points in 33 of 50 games this season. His previous best for 20-point games was 31 and 74 games during his inaugural season with the Spurs in 2016. LaMarcus was assessed with his third technical foul this season with four minutes and 30 seconds remaining in the third quarter after arguing about a non-call against Denver's defense. Um, he has 18 career technical fouls, but only one ejection. Um, Ginobili, he finished three for six on threes while scoring 14 points, including six and 31 seconds in the first quarter. After sinking a free throw after being fouled on a reverse layup, he drained the first of his three three-pointers. Ginobili would later stretch for a low pass and then throw it behind his back to Davis Burton, who would score on a runner. Hey, I see you, Vic. And speaking of Vic, Mono Ginobili, he joined Sacramento's Vince Carter as the only 40 and older players with 40 three-pointers in a season. That is, like, amazing. That's how I see myself. Like, I'm never going to stop playing basketball. I'm going to be 40 and moving. And man, oh, man, oh, man. As I stated in the first segment, how I was disappointed at some of these games and the results of them because I expected more from the team that actually lost. Man, the Golden State Warriors, they lost to the Utah Jazz, 129-99. to that unacceptable Warriors. I'm trying to see what happened. Let me inform you guys on the results and what happened last night. Congratulations to the Utah Jazz. They got some key players on Ricky Rubio on there, man. And Ricky Donovan Mitchell. Oh, my God. I mean, for the Utah Jazz, it was the best win of a disappointing season. They they blew out those Golden State Warriors by 30 points. And you know Steve Kerr was was disappointed. Would have been highly disappointed in the Golden State Warriors efforts. Um Ricky Rubio for the Utah Jazz um scored 23 points and handed out 11 assists as the Utah Jazz stunned the Golden State Warriors last night. The loss ended a three-game winning streak for the Warriors, who had won 7 of 8 before facing the Jazz. It was their largest loss of the season. But Utah, they now have a three-game win streak for just the third time this season. Joe Inglis, um, he led a three-point barrage by the Jazz that gave the team a 13-point lead at halftime that was extended to 18 at the end of the third quarter. The Aussie knocked down a career-high six triples, and he finished with 20 points. Derek Favors, he added 18 points and 10 rebounds, while rookie Donovan Mitchell scored 20. Rudy Gobert anchored a defense that cut off a lot of the drive that Golden State was taking to the basket. And, I mean, Steve Kerr, he he um, seemed to throw in the towel with more than six minutes left in the game. He pulled his starters. 
So, I mean, he basically saw the lack of energy from his squad. And he just was like, you know what, guys? I'm going to put this bench in. Basically, I mean, what's the point? But Clay Thompson led Golden State with 27 points and 6 rebounds while Kevin Durant finished with 17. Um, Kevin Durant and Stephon Curry were combined um, 1 for 12 from 3-point range. Man, <laughs> that is crazy. But, once again, every dog has its day. Please hold on for me real quick. I have one more to give to you to um, of these scores from last night. All right, continue with me. Oh, KD from BHMG back to give you the last of the results from last night's NBA games. The Trailblazers, they went against the Clippers, and they did their thing. They beat the Clippers 104 to 96. And, of course, Griffin was absent. He's gone from the Clippers. No more Griffin for the Clippers at all. He's gone. Bye-bye. He was one of the faces of the clip but even though they were without Blake Griffin they were not to be underestimated you know what I'm saying the game was still pretty close it was pretty still it was still pretty close like deficit in the in the results of this game and I'm glad that they did um they did realize that and they still played the game right Damian Lillard with CJ McCollum um Damian Lillard he scored 28 points CJ McCollum, he added 16 points, and Yusuf Nurkic, he had 14 points and 18 rebounds for the Blazers, who ended a seven-game skid against the Clippers while winning their third in a row. Portland, they just shot like 37% from the floor, but rode a big third quarter to his third straight win. The third quarter for them was just great um, because um, the Clippers, they made a run in the fourth quarter, but... They did just enough to close it out. In that third quarter, though, yeah, they, they really did that thing. They um, shot 47% in the third when they outscored the Clippers 30 to 16 by Lillard's 10 points. The Clippers, DeAndre Jordan had 18 rebounds. Um, Lou Williams scored 20 points off the bench for the Clippers, who made a run in the fourth after they trailed by 20. Montrezl Harrell scored 11 of his 15 points early in the period, and then LA scored 10 straight points to get to 100 to 94. But the Clippers were limited to one field goal in the final two minutes. I'm sure for the team it was tough for them to see Blake Griffin go in the um, dealing to Detroit Pistons because you know he had been playing there literally since he started playing in the NBA. Well, back to the game. The Blazers out-rebounded the Clippers 59 to 50, including an 18 to 9 edge on the offensive glass. But Lou Williams. He has scored 20 or more points off the bench in 13 straight games, tying Bubbles Hawkins for the second longest such streak since bench stats were first tracked in 1970-71. Damian Lillard has scored 20 or more points in five of his last seven games against the Clippers. They improved to 7-17 against LA since the 2011-2012 season. For the Clippers, you have forward Danilo Gallinari, who returned to the lineup after missing 19 games with a left glute injury. He had 15 points. Now, that was the last of the results. Congratulations to the team that won and to the teams that lost. Man, come on, y'all step up. Especially those Warriors. Man, y'all slacked like, like I've never seen before. I don't even know what happened to you guys, man. That's crazy. Come on, man. Get it together. You let down a lot of people. I'm sure of it. But you got to get that <laughs> those wins again, man. Get that trust back. 
I better show them that y'all want to be here, man. That performance last night was not acceptable. Let me get off, y'all. <laughs> There's always something to see. The game is very exciting. That's why I love it. But yes, that is all for right now for this entire segment. Um, I'm KG from VHMG, and I probably will be posting more. So keep an ear out. <laughs> all right. Peace. Yes, it's KG for VHMG, and I'm back to basically talk about some of these women. I mean, I'm a woman myself who plays sports. I mean, I have to commend these women doing wonderful things out here. I have to. I must inform you on what we are capable of. The person I would like to talk about right now is um, Gabby Williams. Um, she's the UConn senior. Um, her three-and-a-half-year career with the Huskies. Williams has evolved into one of the most dynamic all-around players in women's basketball. She's an All-American projected to be a top five pick in the upcoming WNBA draft. And uh, she combines a deeply versatile skill set with an uncanny athleticism. Last season, she led the country's top-ranked team in steals and assists. And she was second in blocks and rebounds and third in scoring. She is just obviously among the best in the country and you know saying stuff like this makes me want to work hard because you know so you got people <laughs> the women out here are setting bars out here you know saying they're setting the bar she's a two-time national champion and she has helped UConn to a 20 and 0 start this season I mean dang I remember looking up to UConn oh my god and I still do you know still in school I was wanting to go there I didn't even end up going there you know, unfortunately. But I've always seen seen them win. And they still do that. That gives you so much confidence. Just winning all the time. That gives you so much confidence. And it's so, you know what I'm saying, it's effortless with teams like this. The wins are just effortless. And lately they have been blowing out a lot of teams. And of course, you know, you're going through things, you know, in her three and a half years there. As a freshman, she, you know, she had struggled. You know, she was struggling with basically dealing with the fact she had to Basically, sit on a bench. That you know, it happens as a freshman sometimes. You know, you sit on a bench and then you kind of doubt yourself. You almost almost think that you're just worthless. Not not just necessarily worthless. I don't want to say that term. Just saying, just uh, having it in your mind that you just aren't needed. You know what I'm saying? You know what I'm saying? You think the team doesn't really need you or your talents specifically. You know what I'm saying? Because there are other talented girls on the team. And um, so, what's, you know what I'm saying? What's the point of even trying? That's the point. That's what she was going through. And her now, developing into the player she is now, she's saying that she looks at the freshmen and she can see that same thing happening. And she wants to shake that out of them. And you know what I'm saying? I can, I can relate. I can totally relate. She was in a roster that was like, that they didn't have trouble scoring at all. So, you know what I'm saying? You know, you worry about you, your playing time also. But she, but because they didn't really struggle with shooting, she leaned on her defense to separate herself, and she averaged 15.6 minutes her freshman season, and led the Huskies in rebounds in six games. And defense still remains her calling card. Her freshman year, her defense got her off the bench. In sophomore year, it allowed her to be just a spark, and then last year it made her a leader, basically. Um, the 2017 Women's Basketball Coaches Association National Defensive Player of the Year, basically. But uh, this season, she had a bit of a rocky start. Um, she was 
um, battling migraines early on and a flare-up of an existing hip flexor injury. And she struggled to find a consistent rhythm and her hip at times was kind of keeping her from um, impairing her leaping ability, basically. And she was making careless passes. And um, on a November 19th game against Maryland, she had 10 turnovers. So that pretty much explains that. I can relate on that. I can say that my problem on the court sometimes is just being careless and making passes that I see there. But, you know, I just disregard my personnel and I'm just doing it anyways. But I might, I'm not doing anything but hurting my stats when I do stuff like that, let alone the team. And the adjustment was pretty simple. She made those adjustments to play smarter, go back to her fundamentals, and build herself right back up. And against Tulsa on Saturday, Williams split defenders on set plays and in transition with textbook bounce passes, part of a nine-assist performance. That's how you bounce back. Gabby Williams, she holds one of just five triple-doubles in UConn history. 16 points, 16 rebounds, and 10 assists against Eastern Carolina in January 2017. And there's little doubt she would have added a handful of them last season alone if she averaged at least 30 minutes per game. She's really, like, doing <laughs> some big things. She's been doing some big things, and she's looking forward to doing more big things on the next level. And I'm excited to see what she's going to do. She does, they saying that she has to, you know, really up her shooting percentage and really be a threat on the perimeter and just, you know, shooting wise all around. But I have no doubt that she would even dominate that. And um, I mean, besides, you know, basketball, you know, it's always an other side of basketball, you know, saying when you're off the court. And the sister is a sister. And when she unlaces her sneakers, She's another UConn student studying urban and community studies. She has closely followed the social justice protests that were spurred by Colin Kaepernick and eventually crossed into all of the sports. Her favorite class at UConn is African Americans in social protests. And she's, you know, she said that when she leaves the court, she's just not a basketball player anymore. You're saying, you know what I'm saying? She's just just susceptible to anything that's going on with women and African-American women everywhere. You know what I'm saying? She's just as vulnerable. And when she has kids, that they will also be vulnerable. So she's woke, you know what I'm saying? She understands what's going on. And she is. She has perfect sense on the court, off the court. You know what I'm saying? She's an amazing woman overall. An amazing athletic black woman. Should Williams maintain her season averages, though, um, she'll likely end up um, in her UConn career as one of the best all-around Huskies in the program history. She is projected to finish in the top 10 in games played and steals, top 6 in rebounding, top 15 in assists, top 20 in blocks, and top 25 in scoring. Only one other UConn player has accomplished such an all-around feat, and that is Maya Moore. But it's another UConn legend that Williams aspires to emulate, and that's former point guard Jen Rizzotti. And she was part of UConn's first championship game um, in the first championship team in 1995 and won the Wade Trophy in 1996 while averaging just 11 points. 1995, man, I was born in 94. And she, but she, she spoke highly of Rizzotti and she explained it um, to, you know, what was that she did outside of the stat sheet and that made her a great player. You know, so she admired what she did on the outside of the um, basketball court. That's it for now. Um, I just want to exalt my black women and talk more about women in sports and stuff, being that I am one. And 
I would love to see a lot more, and I love <laughs> seeing things when we accomplish them. Accomplish these things. All right. Yeah, I'm KG from VHMG. Until next time. Peace.